Welcome back to another episode of Limbless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan. Today, I have Jordan Syed. He's one of the top trainers in the country. He's a precision nutrition coach. He's certified in, uh, in barbell training, powerlifting, and all these things. He's been known as Gary V's personal trainer. And today, we're going to talk about a plethora of issues. He's going to talk about you know, strength and, and, and training and how uh, professionals can utilize some of the strategies that he knows to really achieve the, the maximum amount of energy, fitness, and, and, and sort of the nutritional strategies to really have the energy they need to live their best life. So Jordan, with that introduction, come on, uh, welcome to the show and let's get started, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week? create legacy building wealth and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD. My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. So how did you first get started in, in, in your, in your career as a trainer? Man. Yeah. So it's, uh, I first got into fitness when I was a young kid. So I'm i uh, I'm a short guy. I come from a, a very short family. I'm only five foot four. And so my mom wanted my brother and I to be able to defend ourselves when we were little kids. So she, uh, so she walked in the room one day in the living room and she was like, she was like, all right, I'm putting you two in wrestling. And the only wrestling that I knew at that time was WWE style wrestling. So I remember I, I asked her, I was like, you want me to hit someone with a chair? She was like, no, you idiot, like uh, Olympic style wrestling. And I was only eight years old. So I had no idea what that meant, but she put us into in a wrestling and I fell in love with it immediately. I just absolutely loved it. And uh, so from eight years old, I started doing wrestling. By the time I got to high school, uh, I made varsity as a freshman. So I beat a junior out for the varsity spot. Uh, and I was good from a technique and endurance perspective because I'd been doing wrestling for several years already. But as a 14 year old on varsity, I was mainly going up against like 16, 17, 18 year olds and my strength was not where it needed to be. So I remember I, uh, I wrote an email to a gym a couple towns over from me. I grew up uh, in a suburb of Boston, Mass. And so I wrote an email and I was like, you know, listen, I'll take the trash out. I'll clean the floors. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just let me come and learn from you and intern with you. And I was very fortunate because number one, they, they accepted me. They took me under their wing and number two, they were incredibly science-based. So from 14 years old, I started, you know, working at a very science-based gym and, um, and yeah, that's ever since then, that's what I've been doing. I never looked back. That was, that's what I really cared about. And I've been coaching people ever since. You know, uh, there's a lot of this bro science out there, Jordan. Um, and I know you're familiar with it, a lot of that. How do you, how, how have you been able to debunk a lot of that and bring science back into fitness and elite levels of training? There's a lot of bro science. There's an unbelievable amount. It's, and especially nowadays with social media, we're just bombarded with nonsense from every which direction. Um, for me, honestly, a lot of the, the best way to debunk it is, is trial and error to practice it, but also like looking at, at what the most successful people do and what like the healthiest populations do if and just using common sense is really like the best way and obviously looking in the research but as anyone in any field of science can tell you you can find studies proving whatever you want 
right? If, if you want to find a study proving something, you can find it. So cherry picking research is very easy to do. Um, I'll give one, one example of, of looking at uh, of large scale population data to show like what common sense can do. So for example, there's a lot of people out there who make it seem like carbs are bad. Carbs are the devil. Carbs are the worst thing. You can't eat carbohydrates. And a lot of times it'll be like white rice, white rice is bad. Like brown rice is good, white rice bad. And I'll ask them like, well, if white rice is bad, then how come the Japanese <laughs> can have white rice every day, multiple times a day, large scale population data and be among the healthiest populations in the world? And they'll be like, they'll be stumped. Well, well, well it's different. And no, it's not different. It's not. It's, and, and so for me, so much of it has just boiled down to let's use common sense. Let's look at the, the simplest basic things that we can look at. For example, recently, there's been a huge push saying that fruit is bad for you. That yeah, fruit, the sugar and fruit. The fructose for the sugar, and I guess. People are like worried about sh- the sugar and fruit. And I always, they're like, yeah, the, sh- the, sugar, and the, the, the sugar and the fruit is going to make you fat. And I say, how many f- people do you know who got fat from eating fruit? How many people in the world, oh, you know what packed on those last 50 pounds? It was the blueberries. It's like, are you out of your damn mind? Yeah, it was the blueberries that packed on the last 50 pounds. It's like, so for me, so much of it is just like, let's just be commonsensical about this. If someone's telling you fruit's going to make you fat, like ignore them. If someone's telling you that carbs are bad for you, ignore them. It doesn't mean that you can't eat too much fruit. It doesn't mean you can't eat too much white rice. Of course, like they're too much of anything, too much water will kill you. Too much of anything is bad, but we're talking about moderation here and living a healthy lifestyle. Let's look at just basic common sense. Let me ask you a question, Jordan. So I have a lot of guys here who, you know, first they're either they're out of shape and then they want to get into shape. So, you know, they do the nutritional thing. A lot of people end up just, you know, shedding weight by just cutting right calories and they, and then they get lean and they feel very proud, but and they've picked up a root workout routine. Maybe they do strength training three times a week, four times a week, whatever. That's usually like level one, level two. Where do people go from there? Like, how do they get sort of get the physique they want and start eating more, but still maintain that waist and the strength uh, that they, they've achieved uh, in the in the phase one? Yeah. So I mean, so fat loss comes from nutrition. Uh, more muscle comes from strength training, right? So a lot of people they want to get more defined, they want to build more muscle. That that's going to come from strength training. That's going to come from actually working out. So it's better to have both than either alone. And yeah, you can build muscle without losing fat. You can build muscle just by going to the gym. But oftentimes, if you don't lose the fat, you're not going to get defied. You're not going to look the way you want to look. So what it boils down to is if you want to lose fat, you need to get your nutrition in check. You need to make sure you're eating the right amount of calories. You need to make sure you're doing that. But a lot of people, they'll lose a lot of fat, but they they look like the, the term is skinny fat. Where it's like when they have a shirt on, they look skinny, but when they take it off, there's no muscle definition whatsoever. They don't look like they lift any weights. And the way you fix that is through lifting weights. You got to lift. Like you got to get onto the bar. You got to pick up some heavy weights. And this is for women too. Um, A lot of women get scared that they're going to uh, get big and bulky. I'm like, good luck. Like most guys struggle with getting bigger and bulkier, like never mind like the the completely different hormonal profile. Guys have generally more testosterone, assuming that they they are not like super low T, but like guys have a harder time with it, hard time enough. Like good luck doing that as a woman. So I mean, more more than anything is lose the fat through basic calorie calorie deficit, making sure your calories are in check, and then strength train and lift. And it's not going to happen in a week or a month or a year. Like for it's funny, I uh, 
I've I've already published a book and and I've always said if the publishers wanted to have me write another one, I would always be like, listen, I, I think it should be titled the five year plan because it takes five years to really make tremendous, tremendous progress, assuming you're not on anabolic steroids or anything like that. And even with anabolic steroids, it's not easy. It, it, it's a little bit easier, but real progress takes real time. And most people spend 10, 20, 30 years eating like not exercising, not doing what they should be doing, and then expect to look completely different in 30 days because they did a 30-day challenge from Instagram. Like, get the out of here. It's, it's going to take a long time. So that's, that's, I like how you said that take, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a rude awakening. It's a fresh look, but five years, most people don't have the patience or the, the, the wherewithal to do that, but that's, you're right. It does take that much time to transform your body completely. Like where you establish these kind of routines and instead of it, you reminding yourself to do it, it's automaticity. It becomes who you are. And, and then the strength gains, you need to compound those strength gains year after year to really get to that next level. And you have to factor in, like, if you do it right, you know, you have to go at a slow rate. Cause if you do too fast injuries, right, there's an injury that can happen to a lot of your clients, from your clients where it can slow them down for another like four or five months. It can derail them. So, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and you also mentioned testosterone and some of the hormonal challenges. So, you know, I don't know what the average age of your, the people you train, but you know, if, as you get into your forties and fifties, what's some of the advice, uh, people have that you have for folks on maybe how to combat the waning hormones? Yeah. So number one is I think it's, it's normal. I think a lot of people look at it as like something's wrong with them. Like it's part of, part of getting older. It's a normal part of life. And, and, you know, an 18 year old male is going to have a different testosterone profile than a 55 year old male, right? It's like, it's, it's normal. Uh, and there are things that we can do to help. There are things that we can do to change, but uh, a lot of people get worried that something is wrong with them. And no, like we don't want it to go too low. We don't want anything bad to happen, but, and there are things we can do to manage it. But at a, as a 55 year old male, you shouldn't expect to have the same hormonal profile as an 18 year old male. It just doesn't make sense. That's why we have this, this, all this data to be aware and like to be, to see these trends over time. I think the things that I see, especially as people get older is number one is, uh, their sleep is, they are not sleeping enough or the quality is awful. And oftentimes it's because they're staying up too late. And their phone is right in their face with all this light right in their eyes up until two in the morning, scrolling TikTok and Instagram, put your damn phone down and go to bed. It, there's so much research and more and more and more coming out all the time about the impact of sleep on your overall health and hormonal profile. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're ruining yourself. And it, the amount of changes that you can make to your hormonal profile, just from emphasizing sleep is unbelievable. So I think that's the, the best place to start because it's really the easiest place to start. It's not difficult to do. Just put your phone down and go to bed, get in a dark room, get some blackout shades, make it a nice cool room, like put some, some white noise on if you want and make sure you're getting your sleep. Now, if you have insomnia, if you have a sleep issue, I'm not talking to you, go to a sleep expert and get some help. But for most people, it's not insomnia. They're just staring at their phones for too long throughout the day. Um, I would say another one is, and this goes back to what we said earlier, but 
lifting strength training for men and for women. I mean, we can see hormonal changes going on when you add more muscle mass. We can see like the growth hormone. Uh, we can see that response to strength training. Like you need to strength train if you really want to help keep your hormones uh, optimized in, in a right a good ratio. Uh, so that's going to help a lot. Um, nutrition is huge. I think a, a lot of people are, listen, carbs are not bad, but if the majority of your diet is processed carbohydrates, like you're not going to be doing the best you can for your body and your hormones. You want to make sure you're getting high quality fats in there as well, making sure you're getting en enough protein as well. And yes, carbohydrates for sure. But most people end up eating like shit. They just eat like all the time, mostly, car mostly processed foods. Um, and listen, I'm all for enjoying foods here and there. I think the 80-20 rule is a really good rule to follow. But most people are doing the 20-80 rule. Like they're just, they're eating like they have one salad a week. And then that one, after that one salad, they're checking the mirror to see if they have a six pack yet. It's like, all right, relax. Like you had one salad and it was a Cobb salad, which is like, that's the hamburger of salads. So like <laughs> make sure you're eating well, highly, highly, uh, more natural foods, more minimally processed foods, uh, high quality carbs, high quality fats, uh, and a fair amount of protein at every meal. And if you're doing that, getting your sleep and lifting, I think you're better off than 98% of people. Uh, when you mentioned the nutrition, I like the 80, 20 thing. Um, do you believe in meal prep and do you think it, that, that's a challenge for a lot of folks, but do you think that's necessary to get, achieve the kind of results you've done with your clients? It's not necessary at all. I don't meal prep. I personally think it's really annoying. Like I hate doing it. I don't like the idea of spending half of my Sunday prepping meals for the week sounds awful. Like I don't like that. But what my wife and I do do is we do ingredient prep. So for example, like, uh, Every, every week we cook just a huge batch of lentils and we'll have a bunch of lentils in the fridge, a big bowl, big glass bowl of lentils. So anytime I want, I can just take a big scoop, put it on, boom, I have that done. Um, so I'm not like prepping meals, but we'll have a bunch of the ingredients that we know use. And it's like single ingredient foods, like lentils or Greek yogurt or whatever. We have them prepped and they're ready to go. So I can open the fridge anytime I want and it's, I'm good to go. It's there. I know some people love meal prep and that's amazing. If you like prepping your meals, go for it. That's fantastic. But the vast majority of people, just everyday regular people, they're not, they're not prepping their meals. If you've got enough money to pay a chef to meal prep for you, amazing. Go for it. Most people don't have their own personal chef to do that, right? So if you if you can just prep a few major ingredients, I think a lot of people are missing out on fiber. So making sure you're you're getting enough fiber in there, having these uh these high quality foods readily available will make it much easier. And it doesn't take as much time as actually prepping meals. Uh, you know, uh, I like what you said about fiber. I feel like most people have issues with, you know, uh, having normal bowel movements, constipation. Uh, I think it's fiber is it's a deficit issue. And then the other thing I've, uh, I've, uh, I've come across some of these biohackers things that there's something that, uh, it's interesting. This, the squatty potty, which is essentially, it helps yeah. down on the toilet. It helps, uh, the way your your GI canal and allows you to have seamless bowel movements and it's a simple simple strategy but you know things like that uh, sometimes like you said the best things in life are the, the, you can just break it down to the, the the most ridiculously simple strategies. Tell me about um, carnivore, vegan, uh, you know, um, is it is it paleo? Like, is, is there a diet that that you recommend for a lot of your clients or? And are, what's your thoughts on sort of meat meat intake? I'm a, so I'll say this. I love meat. Carnivore is probably the dumbest thing I could ever imagine 
for overall health. I mean, there you're literally, if you follow carnivore and I did a whole YouTube video on this, mm-hmm. if you follow carnivore as what, like what they say, you are eliminating fiber from your diet. There's no fiber. It's just all meat, right. all meat and fish. I'm like, are, how we grew up. <laughs> are you stupid? Like if it does not take very much research, you could do a cursory overview of the available research that we have to find out that beans, nuts, lentils, seeds, these things are really, really good for us. And when you look at what the hardcore carnivore proponents are saying is like, eliminate them. All you need is meat. We're made to only eat meat. You are out of your mind high if you think that all you should eat is meat. And that's a, a, a healthy diet for the majority of people. So what I, a lot of times what I'll do on my YouTube channel is I'll do these diets and I'll, I'll do it for a period of time to show you like what actually happens to me. When I tell you I did carnivore for two weeks, just to show people what happened. I kept, I tracked my blood pressure over those two weeks. Uh, I tracked my bowel movements. I tracked everything. When I tell you when Satan himself came out of my hole every day, when I was trying to, when I was doing that diet, you would not believe how awful trying to poop was on that diet. And a lot of people are like, well, eventually you get used to it. It's like, you shouldn't have to do that on your diet. You shouldn't have to get used to it. Yeah. Like there's zero fiber in this diet. It's terrible. Not to mention with the rise in, in colon cancer that we're seeing, massive rise in colon cancer. We're seeing doctors recommend men getting checked, getting their prostate checked, their, their colon checked now like significantly younger than ever before. And a lot of it has to do with a much higher red meat intake and a significantly reduced fiber intake. This is like the literal worst thing that you could do for your health. I very much believe my blood pressure skyrocketed on that diet for the first two weeks. Now, granted, I know N equals one, and it's also a very short term experiment, but like I, a lot of the carnivore proponents, I get in arguments with them and they say things like, uh, well, you know, like this, this, you don't know, you don't know. I'm like, you're right. I, I don't know for sure because there hasn't been anyone stupid enough yet to, to do this for that long. Do you really, study. <laughs> do you want to be the experiment on this with heart disease on the rise with colon cancer on the rise? Do you really want to be the experiment on this one with everything that we know about the importance of fiber, the importance of vegetables, the importance of beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, all this stuff. Do you really want to put this to the test on yourself? And I mean, if you want to, that's fine. It's your body. But like that scares me more than I can even begin to tell you the like, and listen, I like red meat. I like a steak, but I'm not making it every single day. I think it's a really bad idea. Tell me about the, the, the book of yours, the metabolic blueprint. I mean, it sounds like uh, you've really been able to sort of distill down to the basics to what people need to have that sort of that rapid growth of muscle. Um, what do you think is like sort of the top three strategies that you, you'd like to share with the audience that they need to have in their, in their workouts or their diet? Yeah. So, so the, the metabolic blueprint, that's just a free book that people can get when they sign up for my email list. I did just recently publish a, a book through Harper Collins called eat it, um, which was fortunately really blessed. It was a bestseller did really, really well. Um, that is for me distills everything that you need to know in order to live a healthier life very simply and basically Gary Vaynerchuk wrote the forward for it um it's uh that's like my life's work from a nutrition perspective all boiled down into a very easy to read book uh, frankly if you just go to my Instagram or YouTube you can get all that information for free 
the main reason for the book is because it's all it's all there. It's packaged very simply, so you don't have to scroll through all my Instagram posts and YouTube videos. But um, so that's a summary of pretty much all your the the cutting most cutting edge nutritional strategies all in one book. So that's more on a nutritional side. Is that what Eat It is? Yeah, there's there's one chapter on strength training with sample workouts and everything, but the the majority of it is is nutrition exactly. Okay. And, and like you said, you know, six packs are from the kitchen. Like a lot of the stuff, uh, when people come to you, you have to correct is probably the nutritional aspects first. Everyone loves the workouts, but the, sometimes the nutrition is the hardest part. So uh, some of your most successful, like, yeah, go ahead. You always have to eat. Even if you get, let's say you get injured, injured in the gym or whatever it is, you always, maybe you're not gonna be able to work out the way you want all the time. You've always got to eat. And this is why, you know, people with disordered eating habits, it's so difficult for them because they have to face their disorder every single day, multiple times a day. You have someone who's an alcoholic, and I'm not saying it's easy to uh, stop drinking alcohol as an alcoholic. It's super, super difficult. But one of the benefits of stopping alcohol or stopping smoking is you don't ever have to drink again, or you don't ever have to smoke again. Someone who is anorexic, bulimic, or binge eating, or has a real issue with food, you still got to eat. And so you're facing your demon every day, multiple times a day. So the reality is, and if we look across populations, the longest living, healthiest societies in the world, they've got their nutrition in check. And, and from an exercise perspective, again, for the, for the most longest living, healthiest populations, the common denominator for exercise is walking. It's not CrossFit. It's not Olympic weightlifting. It's not Barry's boot camp. It's walking. The longest living, healthiest people just walk every day. And that's it. And when we look at their nutrition, they're generally maintaining a healthy body fat percentage. They're not super overweight. They're not super underweight. But if we had to pick one, underweight would be better than overweight. But either way, we and we can see different populations of people having very different diets, right? Like, so we could see, you know, people in Greece having a very different diet than people in say Sweden, but both actually among the, the top living healthiest people in the world. We can see that even though their diets are very different, their energy intake is, is generally healthy. They are generally focusing on, on higher protein foods, minimally processed foods. So higher protein, enough fiber. And like, that's, that's really what we're focusing on. Uh, do you customize uh, your your protocols for different different kind of folks, or is there sort of a general protocol that you uh, that site fitness follows? So, from a customization perspective, I don't do like um, I don't do meal plans. I hate meal plans for a number of reasons. Um, number one is if I give someone a meal plan and basically a menu, this is what you can eat, this is the portion, whatever. I'm not. I'm basically giving a man a fish, but when I teach them how to eat, I'm teaching them how to fish. Right. So not to mention, I work with people all over the world. Like, how am I going to give someone in Singapore a menu? Like when their food options might be very different <laughs> than my food options. How am I going to give someone in, in Mumbai a f meal plan? Like that doesn't work, you know? So I want to, what I want is people to be able to enjoy their favorite foods, enjoy the foods they like that, ha that are are relevant to them, to their religion, to their culture, to their society, to, to their family that enjoy the food that they like to eat on a regular basis, but making sure they're eating the right amounts and making sure they're able to incorporate the right foods that they enjoy on a regular basis. I don't want anyone to suffer through a diet. I want you to be able to enjoy it. Uh, you know, you talk about some of the things like a lot of it is like relationship with food, you know, body dissatisfaction, you know, being inconsistent. Um, how, how do you get the discipline uh, to go up in your clients? 
Discipline to, to what with my clients? Uh, how do you, how do you uh, sort of get someone who's failed diets, strategies in the past, you know, or yo-yoed or binged or up and down? How do you, how do you instill that, 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 that next level discipline that's made you, you know, one of the top trainers in the country? So the reality is most people don't know how inconsistent they're being. They're not aware. And uh, I remember, so when I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore, but when I was doing one-on-one coaching, I was doing it online. It was very interesting. It was all, it was all via email. And one of the cool parts about this is, is I would be able to have written logs of everything people would say, because it's all via email and I'm communicating with them every day, five days a week. And I'll never forget one time this woman messaged me saying after the weekend, she messaged me, yeah, I was not consistent again. And she was struggling to lose weight. She wasn't doing very well. She wasn't being consistent. Uh, yeah, bad weekend. Da, 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 da. Like I, I went over my calories, blah, blah, all this stuff. Said, cool. No worries. Let's just make sure we get on track and like really hit it hard and like be consistent. Two days later, she messages me just super frustrated. I just don't know why this isn't working. We've been working together for three months. I'm not losing weight. And I, I was like, hold on. And I screenshotted the email she sent two days before. And I was like, literally 48 hours ago, you told me that you have not been consistent, that it's that you're not doing what you need to do. And now you're frustrated. And then she was like, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot that I wasn't on point this weekend. And I was like, wow, people really don't remember what's going they their, on. They have their blinders on. And, and there's research around this too. There's research around... Uh, People are terrible at estimating how many calories they're eating. They're awful. There's a tr- people who struggle to lose weight consistently underestimate how many calories they're eating. Ironically, people who struggle to gain weight consistently overestimate how much they're eating. We all have that friend who's like trying to gain weight. He's like, oh, I eat so much. I just can't. If you follow that friend around for the day and watch what they eat, like, yeah, maybe they order the meatball sub, but they have a bite and a half and then they put it down. It's like they they overestimate how much they're eating when they're trying to gain weight and they underestimate it when they're trying to lose weight. Uh, it's, so there's a lot of research on this. So what I actually started doing is I developed a, a consistency calendar. And when I say develop, like at first I didn't have anything. Now I, I have an app that my members use. But um, basically what I did is I started keeping track of their consistency. So every day my one-on-one clients, they would send me how many calories they had the day before and how much protein they had the day before and how much fiber they had the day before. So they were telling me every day, calories, protein, fiber, how much they're eating. And I, and I knew how much they should be eating based off of what I would tell them. And so I would track, okay, if they hit their calories, protein, and fiber, they would, I would put a red X on that calendar day. That was a consistent day. If they didn't hit their calories, protein, or fiber, it would be a black circle. There's no significance to these red X or black circle. It's just what I started doing. And so I, now I knew I would, okay, cool. So we've got a consistent day or an inconsistent day at the end of the month. I would tally that up. So if you have a 31 day month, 80% consistency is at least 24 to 26 days of a red X, anything less than that, then they weren't at least 80% consistent. So now I have an objective number showing my clients, listen, you were 42% consistent this month. How in the f- do you expect to make any progress when you're 42% consistent? It's like, you're asking for, for a plus results with an F effort. And it's like, if we look at this in a school setting, it's like, you're, you're not getting, you're not graduating at 42%. And you're, and your question, like, well, how come this person who is getting better progress than you? Well, it's because they have a 97% consistency rate. You have a 42% and be like, Oh, 
Okay. So now on, on my app, I literally have that consistency calendar where it's that awareness, man. Like, I yeah. think, you know, you sort of you slap them in the face a little bit and it's, it's like these guys are successful in many categories, but this is the one category they, 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 they're lacking. And what you provided them is that professional accountability. And yeah. It's, it's just objectivity. It's, it's like yeah. you either do it and, and people are like, well, what if I go a hundred calories over? Is that consistent? No. Cause you went over. Like if you went over, then you weren't consistent. So oftentimes what I'll do is I provide ranges, right? So it's like for your calories, it's going to be between 2000 and 2200, right? So rather than saying you need to hit exactly 2200, like between 2000 and 2200 for your fiber between 35 to 40 grams for your protein between 125 to 135. If you get in these ranges, you're good. But if you're over, if you're over your calories, you're under your fiber, you're under your protein, like that's not consistent at all. So having those ranges helps make it more doable and seem less daunting rather than trying to be super meticulous with it. But having the objective, you did it or you didn't. And having this like, because a lot of people are confused by 80-20, it can be a little bit ambiguous. So now we've got 80-20, like you, you look at your month, you can see how consistent you've been over the month. That's awesome. Uh, I, I know sometimes you talk about you know, power lifting versus strength training versus Olympic lifting. Uh, uh, any, any clarity on what's sort of the right, right path for a, a person who's, you know, starting to work out, starting to train. Is there, is there a recommendation um, or, or is it based on what, what, what their outcomes are? Are they trying to be like a fitness model versus, are they trying to be really physically strong versus they just want to be in good shape? Is that, how do you, how do you determine that kind of stuff? So it's really based on their goal. And the majority of people I work with are just everyday regular people, moms, dads, husband, wives, brothers, sisters, people who just, they just want to get healthier and look better feel better and be more confident. Um, I was a competitive power lifter for many years. So I was very fortunate. I set a number of world records. And when I was younger, I was like, I want to only coach power lifters. And then I realized uh, that sucks coaching. And I coached professional baseball players for a while. Um, it's really not as fun as a lot of people would think, not to mention the stress that comes with coaching people with million dollar contracts. Like, absolutely not. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Like if I injure you, I'm screwed. Nope. I have no interest in that. And not to, and it's also interesting because there are some professional athletes who, who really work super hard in the gym, but a lot of professional athletes, like they're professional and they're the best because they're just the best. Like they're super genetically gifted. And a lot of them, like no matter what they do in the gym, they're still going to be the best. Like, I don't care what LeBron did. Like LeBron was always going to be the best. And yet it doesn't take away. Like he, he worked super hard, not taking that from him, but LeBron is the best. Cause LeBron is the best. Like, I don't care what he's doing in the gym. Um, I found that most like everyday people, just general everyday people, like, especially like moms, they work so hard in the, like they come in and they want to work. And as a coach, like, that's what I love. I, I love working with people who want to put in effort. Um, so your training approach really depends on your goals and what you want to accomplish. So uh, for most people, like you don't need to be a power lifter. You don't need to be an Olympic weightlifter. You don't need to be doing anything fancy and all that. You don't need to be in the gym seven days a week. You look at the best Olympic uh, Olympic level athletes in the world. They're not in the gym seven days a week. They're lifting weights maybe three or four times a week. And the other days, maybe they're doing mobility. Oftentimes they'll do yoga, stuff like that. But real strength training, two, three, four times a week is plenty. And a lot of people, like they end up overtraining, they get injured, like you were saying earlier, because they're training way too hard, way too often. And I'll ask them, like, how often do you think an Olympic athlete trains? They're like, I don't know, like four times a week. 
at most for strength training. Yeah. So why the f- are you a 42 year old person like <laughs> trying to train seven times a week when Olympic athletes only do it four at most? It's so it really doesn't have to be that much. And they need the recovery. A hundred percent recovery is equally important. It's not more important. It's not less important. It is equally important. When you put a stimulus on your body, you put a stimulus on your muscles, tendons, joints, ligaments, all of that. You, it's important to have that progressive overload stimulus. And it's also important to be able to recover from that stimulus. And if you're not allowing your body to recover from the stimulus, then it's never going to get better. Uh, t- tell me about the the whole Gary V thing. That's just such an amazing uh, connection you have. And obviously, you know, he, he respects you highly and wrote the forge your book. He's obviously been a client of yours for a while. How did that connection happen? And, um, and, and is it interesting to train sort of micro celebrities like him or versus regular folks? Um, so that happened. It's a very long story. I'll do my best to keep it brief. Basically, I started making online content in July of 2011. So I started writing website articles in 2011. Um, like the OG man, that's like back <laughs> in the day. So like I, I was a competitive power lifter. Uh, I was training at the best gym in the world. And I started a website before Instagram existed. Just like, I just wanted to help people. I didn't know that an online business was possible. I had no idea. I was just going to write articles and update people on my training. And, and that was basically it. And um, for the first like year, my website got like 20 views a day and 18 of them were my mom. And <laughs> uh and, but I would write articles one time a week, every single week for five years. And uh, when I say articles, I don't mean like an Instagram post you can do very quickly. Like a real good one can take a couple hours, but like you could do an Instagram post in a few minutes if you wanted to. An article takes so much time, like a 2,000, 2,500, 3,000, 4,000 word article, thinking of the article, researching the article writing the article, planning it, formatting it, editing it, all that takes at least 20, 24 hours of work over the course of the week. So I did at least one of those every week for years and years and years. Uh, And very long story short, someone on Gary's team found my website and found my articles. And uh, and I was living in Israel. And so I, I wrote an article in 2012 about how to improve your posture. Uh, and Gary like was very interested in improving his posture and he had a lot of pain, uh, knee pain, back pain, hip pain. And um, with someone on his team found my, found that article, found my website. And then, so I wrote that in 2012, but in 2015, they reached out to me and said, how would I like to coach Gary? And I was living in Tel Aviv and I thought it was a joke. I, I loved Gary. I was a huge fan, but I you get an email from Gary Vaynerchuk's team being like, Hey, do you want to coach Gary? I'm like, that's not real. Um <laughs> But so I found out it was real. I flew from Tel Aviv to New York, coached Gary for an hour, flew back to Tel Aviv. And six weeks later, I get a text message from an unknown number just says, are you ready? And this is six weeks after I interviewed, I thought I didn't get the job. And so I reply to this, I don't know who this is. So I reply my family's house in Haifa, the North of Israel. And I just say, uh, who is this? And, uh, and then I get a picture message from Gary of him shirtless and flexing. And that's how I found out I got the job. (laughs) <laughs> you're like yeah i need to train you let's go <laughs> yeah and then so i a week later i moved to new york and from june 1 2016 to june 1 2019 i coached him seven days a week for three years straight every single day no weekends no vacations no breaks if he was in hong kong i was in hong kong if he was in la i was in la if he was in amsterdam i was in amsterdam if he was in ireland i was in ireland wherever he went i went seven days a week for three years straight so he was committed to it too Oh yes. Unbelievably like relentlessly committed to it every single day. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. Um, so what's next for the famous Jordan Syed? I just had a daughter about eight weeks ago. 
and uh, awesome. thank you, thank you. She's uh, she's amazing. My wife is doing an incredible job. So, um, honestly, this is probably isn't gonna be popular to say. I just want to hang out with them more and and relax. Like, my job is great, but I don't I don't live to work. I don't. I, I used to. I, I grinded for many years, and it was it helped me a lot. But at this point, like, I okay. I just want to relax. Like I'll do a couple hours of work a day and and yeah. just do as much as I need to be able to spend more time with my family and keep my fitness up. Like I have no interest in in getting more followers or more money. Like I'm very happy with where I am. And yeah, I was I asking because because in the green room I was like, "Hell, man, what can I do to you know help you know you know guide more people to your your you know your your brand or your your, your some of your offerings?" You're like, "No, I'm good, man. I'm like that's awesome. I love I love your mental space, your headspace where you're at." Uh, how long, how did you, how did you, how did you get there, man? This is like a, not a fitness question, more of a, a mindset yeah. question. I think I really needed to figure out what was most important to me. And listen, I love the United States of America. I love it. I'm a, I love the USA. I love capitalism. Uh, I love all of it. Now there are issues with the USA and there are issues with capitalism. It's not perfect. Like nothing is perfect, but one of the issues that I've learned. So I've lived all over the world and I've traveled all over the world. One of the issues with the mindset in the United States is this hustle culture, just work, 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 work. And one of the major benefits I got from living outside the United States is just seeing how much people love living, how much like, you know, they, they work here and there and they do a little bit like they want to hang out with their friends and they want to go on a hike and they want to just hang out and relax and eat. And I'm like, I think one of the reasons people are dying so young in the U.S. is because they just work all the time. Stress is sky high. They're trying to make more money for the sake of making more money to impress other people, to buy things for people they don't even like. And for me, I'm just like, what's the point? You know, right? Like, what's the point? Like, I just want to hang out with my family and my friends, with the people I care about. No one, no one at my funeral is going to say, do you know how much money he had in his bank? No one's going to give they're going to say, you know, he was a really, we had really great conversations. He helped me out when I needed it, whatever it is. They're going to talk about me and, and the meaningful conversations that we had. So at this point, like, I don't give a f about how many followers I have. I don't give a shit about how much money is in my bank account. Uh, and I understand this is also a very privileged perspective because I am doing well and, and thank God. And I worked very hard to get there. But I think uh, I've through all of that, I've come out on the other side and been like, I could lose followers. I could lose money and I'd be equally as happy. And that's it, man. I, I, that's that's a it's a place where a lot of people are going toward. Like they want to get to that place. So congrats on getting there. That equipose, that sort of that you're authentic. You're you're comfortable in your own skin, and and you're comfortable with your life. And it's a great it's a great place. It's a blessing. I thank God for it every day. So congrats, brother. Uh, thank you for sharing all your wisdom uh, to the tribe. Uh, man, it's just we we talked about you know, sleep optimization to, uh, you know, how important fiber is to, you know, the metabolic blueprint that you've sort of laid out for us to talking about, you know, some of the best nutritional tips in your book, eat it. Um, we talked about, you know, uh, consistency and having those X's stacking up. Uh, we've talked about, you know, uh, really, you know, stop, stop with meal prep, but consider ingredient prep, which is not mm -hmm. as intense, you know? And so, uh, so many things we talked about the consistency that you put in the hard work you put into five years of writing articles, uh, you know, not knowing if it's going to get you anywhere and boom, it, 
landed you one of the, you know, your, your dream, uh, dream client. So, uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. What's a, a last piece of advice for, for our audience? Last piece of advice we're going off what we were just talking about is I, I think doing, finding what's important to you and not what's important to other people. Um, establishing success based on, on what you find success to be. And if that's through work, amazing, that's fantastic. But I think, uh, if a lot, if you sit down and really think about what's important to you, what you want people to think about when you're dead and gone. And, and when you're looking back on your life, I think, uh, a lot of people will, will, uh, realize it's, it's not just about grinding and hustling and money. It's, it's about, you know, cherishing those in your life and what you've got. And, you know, I, I I'm a research guy. I know you're a research guy as well. One of the things that I like researching is, is happiness. Who's happiest in the world? Who are the happiest people? Hmm. It's not the wealthiest. It's not often the people with the most money are some of the, the most stressed and the least happy people in the world. A lot of unhappy millionaires. So. <laughs> a lot. I know a lot of unhappy millionaires and a lot of unhappy people with a lot of followers. Um, you look at the people who are the happiest in the world. They're, they're generally like more middle class, right? They're, they, they have enough money to be more comfortable, but not so much that it takes over all of their life. And, uh, and so I think focusing on, on happiness and fulfillment over money is probably a really good life strategy. That's awesome, brother. Well, well done guys. So guys, we have, uh, the incomparable Jordan Syed on our podcast. Thank you so much. Um, his Instagram guys is at syedfitness.com. That's at S Y A T T F I T N E S S. And his website is, um, syedfitness.com. All right, guys, I'll, this will be on the show notes. Thank you, my friend, for being on the podcast. And guys, until next time, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.